0: You guys ready? You got your Bibles and your notepads? We're going to hit it. Um, Strongly encourage you to bring something to take notes. Strongly encourage you this week uh, to take notes because uh, I'm not one to blast you with a lot of Scripture. Um, However, today, I am going to. (laughs) I sent our Scriptures over to our tech team, and he was like, you feel okay? You know, like, what's the deal? Uh, Because it's just a lot of Scripture. But, But here's the deal, really... Here's the truth about me, um, I love writing sermons and putting together content and all that kind of stuff. And so I actually work out uh, weeks in advance. Like right now, I'm past Easter, so everything's kind of done and in the books. And so I like to work that way. Um, and then I go back. I don't want you to think like I'm taking a sermon that's six weeks old and I'm not fresh on it or whatever. I study it out every week. But but I, I kind of forecast out in advance. And so. Um, this week is actually really rare for me because I changed my sermon this week. Um, what I would kind of consider a felt need, sometimes you have, um, you get up here and you kind of talk on some of the basic things you need to talk about. So, you know, family, worship, just sort of the principles. Those are what we would call an unfelt need. It's just every year it's good to cover. You know, Paul said uh, at the beginning of a lot of his writings, he would say, um, it's good that I remind you. He would start a letter saying, I know you've heard of some of these things, but it's good that I remind you. So it's important for us to cover the unfelt need, but then a felt need is like spiritually, you're just kind of picking up on something in the atmosphere. You're just kind of sensing, or you've had encounters in the week that are all pointing to something. And, um, and this is kind of one of those things. So I actually changed my sermon for the weekend. Um, like I said, which I don't do very often, but I feel like it's a felt need. So if you're in here and you're struggling with what we're about to talk about, and, and it's, I'm telling you, like, this is a word from God for you. And so, if this hits you this week, uh, take these thoughts, write these things down, make it as this is a message from God for you this morning. Um, literally, when you leave here, go get a tattoo that, like, reminds you of today. Um, yeah, because then it would be a birthday reminder and it would be a, it'd be a good thing. So, um, now I'll get the emails, like, how do you feel about tattoos? Like that's going to be this week's emails. But um, so here's the deal. Um, this thought, again, right here, take really serious. I might be weird in the sense that I do this, but I literally, when, when God speaks to me and I need it, I'm just not like, oh, that was good for the day. I make it good for my life. And so I'll write things down and I'll save them for years and years. As a matter of fact, uh, we, uh, our stuff is still in storage. And so like my office box, which has a lot of those moments that I wrote down scripture and remembered it and held on to it, or I had a word over my life or something, a lot of those are in storage right now, and it's been hard for me. So we, it's been in storage for a year, and I'll come up to, man, I remember that one word kind of says something about this, and I need to remind myself. But since it's put away, it's like a struggle for me. So it's good to have those things accessible where you can look back and go, oh my gosh, uh you know God spoke this to me or whatever. So um homework for you this week, this sermon, I'm really just gonna kind of throw you a thought and then I'm gonna say you dig into it this week. You wrestle with God with it because I'm gonna give you a lot of scripture. I'm gonna give you a lot of thought, uh, but I know that it'll be good for you. So um so just be ready to write stuff down. And if it's not good for you, if it doesn't apply for you this week, then I'm gonna say it's for you to give to somebody else. So you're still responsible over it uh to give to somebody else. So Start off in John fifteen 13. I'm going to go through kind of, we started this series called Love Is. And uh, we're, we're taking a look at some of the characteristics of love. And uh, we talked about the greatest kind of love is to serve one another. And uh, two of our scriptures right here are sort of the basis of the series. And then I'll get into a couple more. But John fifteen thirteen says, Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friend. So we know that the greatest kind of love is when you prefer others, when you put others first, when you are considerate of other people's needs. That's the greatest kind of love you can walk in. Uh, Luke chapter ten twenty seven says, he answered and said, uh, so we're talking about Jesus speaking. They were having this conversation about the commandments and what's the greatest. And he answered and said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind. And then it says, and love your neighbor as yourself. So all of the things of God are important. All of the teachings, all the structure, love, God, your relationship with God was very, very important. But it says, and with that, it's just as important for you to have a heart and have love for your neighbor. And so anytime we talk about the topic of love, we have to talk about what it means for the person next to us. Uh, I love this thought. Uh, it comes from a, a book some of you may have read, but it says this. It says, if the good news in your life, so if you have the good news of God, you've, you've received revelation from God and you have the good news, if the good news in your life isn't the, isn't good news for your neighbor, then you don't have real good news. You don't have the good news that God talks about. It's because if you have what God is talking about in your life, it should be able to spread and connect to others. Somebody say Amen. And uh, so that's kind of the basis of the of the of the sermon there of the series is. It's about others. It's very easy for us in our culture when we talk about love to say what I get out of it, my needs met. Love is can, when it works for me, when it applies to me. But God, of course, flips it like he does and says love is very much about what we do with others. Uh, 1 Corinthians 13.4. Again, I told you that's a lot of scripture. But just be writing it down. We'll be studying it out. So 1 Corinthians 13.4. They'll put it up on the screen, but, but don't cheat. I want you to, if you got a, a Bible, stick with it. Uh, 1 Corinthians 13.4, and this is the, the scripture where a lot of this comes from, says, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, that's huge, I mean, we could just take that home and work on just that without even a sermon around it, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, uh, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs, love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. Sometimes it's hard to rejoice in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Always perseveres. And then it says love never fails, and then it has some other stuff under there uh, that we don't need to read. But I want to play today with love always perseveres. It always perseveres. It always perseveres. we got to get that in us, that love always perseveres. Um, I did a series that I would probably love to do again here someday uh, in our youth group. Uh, Normally in February when you do a series with the kids and stuff, you try to theme everything up, you know, based on what's going on. So it was February, so that's Valentine's Day. So normally you do a series about love and the things. And uh, as I was studying it out, I thought, man, there's some things about love that are really ugly. Like walking in love means forgiveness, and that can be ugly. Uh, Walking in love can mean rejoicing in truth. And sometimes that can be ugly and hard. And uh, walking in love means persevering. And that can be ugly at times. That can be a fight. And so we did this series called Ugly Love. And it was really cool to take a look at. Sometimes love is not Cupid and hearts and kisses and all of this fun. Sometimes love is ugly and it's hard and it's a grind, but it's still love. Somebody say amen. So perseverance, persevering, sticking to it, following through, uh, trusting God, being someone who persists is an act of love. It's walking in love. I I looked up perseverance. This is so good. It says to persist. uh, So the definition of perseverance is to persist in one or to persist in or remain constant to a purpose. To persist in or remain constant to a purpose, idea or task. And then it says, in the face of obstacles or discouragement. So to persist and remain constant to a purpose, idea, or task in the face of obstacles or discouragement. Uh, We don't do that very well. Everybody say amen. We don't do that really well. Another definition says, to continue in a course of action, even in the face of difficulty, I love this, or with little or no prospect of success. So you can persevere. You can press on. You can trust God and go forward, even when it looks like it's not going to turn out. Most of us hit the ejector button at that point, right? We get enough on the horizon to say, I don't know if this is going to work out. Maybe God's not with me. Maybe God chose to take us a different direction. Maybe this, but love is persistent and love moves forward. Love sticks to it, even though there's times that it doesn't look like success is on the horizon. Uh, Look at so many scriptures. Look at all the stories in the Bible where it looks like the majority of the great Bible stories all start with a problem, but somebody stays faithful and somebody stays persistent and somebody trusts God and they inherit the promise. Amen? We always like to be in scenarios where it's safe. So, oh, no, no, no. Okay, I I can project this and I can put this here and I can do this and then it'll work out. And, And we love to be able to calculate it all. But when you're talking about faith, trusting God, Even though the evidence isn't there, but you're still having faith for the things that you're hoping for, that God's called, that's faith, amen? And so a lot of times walking in love is being persistent. And uh, I know this isn't like a real amen-y, happy-clappy, but I'm telling you, if we can get this as a culture, that we're going to persist, we're going to move forward. Uh, When you feel like quitting, you need to remind yourself, I love this, I've said it a couple times, when you feel like quitting, you need to remind yourself of why you started, Uh, a lot of times the thing that pushes you through is the fact that the need is still there. A lot of times we say, okay, uh, I'm going to do this. Just to give you some examples to keep you on board. So we say, we're going to raise our kids this way. And we're going to run our family this way. And God's called us to do these things. And I'm going to be this kind of person at work. And I'm going to be this kind of thing. But then when obstacles or opposition comes into our life, that's when we make the compromising shift Ah, Maybe it wasn't that important to run it this way, or maybe it wasn't that important to run it this way. And we change or we compromise. Instead of being persistent, we make adjustments in the negative. But we need to say, what's the reason? Why did I start it this way? We need to go back to the reason we started in the first place. Amen. Sometimes persistence is just reminding ourselves of the need, the need, the beginning, the call, the cause. Amen. Uh, Here's the deal. We live in a generation that this is so countercultural. Our generation is this. I was actually just talking to an older gentleman about this. Randomly, we were talking about the length of uh, contracts. Uh, I'll talk about it here in a minute. But uh, our generation, uh, we love to choose convenience over commitment. Persistence in sticking to something is so, so rare. Uh, When you hear about... Uh, somebody's retired and they've been at their job for 50, you go, oh my gosh, 50 years you've been. And and I'm not saying job change is bad or anything like that. I'm just saying that our generation bases decisions not on, uh, is this something I can commit my life to and stick through? We make decisions based on convenience. What do I get out of it? How does this work for me? When Christ has called us to lay down our lives, it's not us that lives, it's Christ that lives in us. Somebody say Amen. Uh, we were talking about contracts. Uh, I was talking with this older gentleman here this week and we were talking about literally the, the lengths and the loopholes that they have to close when they write a contract. He was saying literally back in the day, you could almost go in and get a loan or get a, a vehicle or something like this. And you could almost literally just write your name on it because your word was enough. Your word wasn't up back in the day because people were persistent and they stuck to things and, and they persevered and their word meant something. Nowadays, they have to close all of these loopholes because it seems as if our generation works harder at getting out of stuff than sticking with stuff. Somebody say amen. Yeah. A problem comes and we say, well, uh, I got to get out of this. It's a little inconvenient. And at the end of the day, you work harder at getting out of your problem than if you would have just stuck with it and trusted God. Amen. So. It's very countercultural for us to say uh, we're going to stick with it. We're going to have commitment. We're going to we're going to persevere. We're going to see this through, and that's everything in God. Every the way that God works is simply what does He say? Be be a good steward in the small things. If 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 you're faithful over the little things, I'll make you faithful over many things. Why? Because He's looking to see are you persistent. Are, are you going to stick to it? Are you, I want to bless you. I want to bring you, but you got to be ready for it. Well, how can God know if you're ready? You're persistent. You stick to it. You trust God. Amen? Galatians 6.9. Uh, you can turn there, Galatians 6.9. I always get scalded every week um, because I go through, so fast through the Scripture. So now I'll tell you, and then I'll take a drink from my Hulk Hogan voice. Who's back, by the way, brother? Somebody say amen. Hogan's back. So, you guys think I'm joking, but I'm pretty excited about that. Actually, a really good friend of mine, some of you know, Nate Marialki, he's on our board, he's a worship pastor, he's going to be here next month, and, uh, yeah, but you don't know that, so I think I just let that out of the bag, but anyway, um, whoops, Uh, anyway, anyway, he's doing a live worship recording, and... uh, and it's on April the 6th, and so we're like best friends in ministry, and he's doing a live worship recording, but April 6th is also WrestleMania. And so I was like, hey, Nate, you missed God. You can't do a worship night on WrestleMania. So some of you guys think it's, you're like, I don't know about him. Now, listen, I'm 31, okay, today. Uh, I can still watch wrestling. No, I'm just kidding. You're like, move on, move on. <laughs> it's so good. Okay, so. Galatians six nine are you there? Did I give you enough time? See, that's why I have to keep going because I'll bunny trail. I'll just be okay. Galatians six nine. Write it down. Spend some time wrestling with this. It says, my wife's awesome at this. Uh, she'll take a scripture, and uh, and I can't do it because I'm not allowed. But she'll um, she's got chalkboards everywhere. Everything's a chalkboard in our in in our house. So, um, one time. I know I'm bunny trailing again, but uh, our pantry uh, had this huge door and she wrote, uh, she painted it in the chalkboard and she would write the grocery list on it. And I have terrible handwriting. It looks like I write with my feet. And so she's very serious about administration and organization. And so uh, not only would I add to the chalkboard, which was not allowed for my penmanship to be on the chalkboard cabinet, but I would intentionally misspell things. <laughs> so it was even worse. And uh, anyway, but here's what she's good at. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so so anyway, my wife's great at this. She'll be in a devotion and she'll take a scripture and she'll go write it on one of the uh, chalkboards or put it somewhere in our house so that we're continually reminded of it. And so encouraging you in that, take some notes, write them somewhere, put it somewhere in your car, write a sticky note, whatever. Um, because it just encourages you, it's important. So Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not become weary in doing good for at proper time we will reap a harvest if what? If we do not give up, if we persevere, everything is hinged on sticking to it. Everything is hinged on staying in the fight. We all know the scripture. It says those who put their hand to the plow and look back are not fit. Why? Because there are people that are saying, uh, I don't know if I want to persevere in this. I don't know if I want to keep plowing. I don't know if I want to. And so what I love about the scripture is it's hinged on. It's coming. Your harvest will be here. The breakthrough will be God will provide, but you can't quit. You got to stick to it. Uh, you heard me say this thought, which I love. Before you can go through your open door, sometimes you have to walk through the hallway. It just takes a little bit of time. It's a little bit of process. Hallways are darker. You can't see the light. You don't get the, the, the whole picture of what it's going to be, but you just got to keep walking. You just got to keep going. Amen? My mentor said this to me one time, uh, and this really isn't scriptural. I can't prove it, so heresy today, I guess, is free for you, but... Uh, I'm kidding, obviously, it's not that, but uh, it's a metaphor, let's say that. But my mentor said this to me one time when I was struggling. He said, um, because I was just waiting for this thing to come through and come through and come through and praying and believing and worshiping and trusting God and just believing and believing. And he said this, sometimes the process takes so long because the mountain that you're taking is the size of the inheritance you're about to inherit. See, it's a big mountain, and I'm climbing, and I'm climbing, and I'm climbing, and I'm climbing. Why? Because what God's doing on the other side is in proportion to the climb. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. And so I have to remind myself sometimes that, man, it's a process because it's a big mountain because God's given us a big inheritance. Amen? So you got to stick with it. Um, what I, I'm so blessed about Vertical Church. I really wish some weeks I could sit here and somebody else could could preach because whenever I brag about the church, I don't ever want any of you to think, I'm taking credit for it because it it literally has very little to do with me. It's God's assignment in this community. And then a group of incredible people that have come and supported it. So it has very little to do with me, but statistically through our church planting organization, we as a church should be feeling a drop off, uh, in numbers, but also in people serving. And, uh, and so you just kind of, you're, you see the forecast and you're walking through the thing. But last week, uh, we had a vision casting meeting, which some of you knew, and um, and so we all met together to talk about what the church looks like. But at it, we also had information cards for those that want to sign up and get involved. And statistically, per church data, we should have seen a big drop off. You know, we should have seen people that started with us drop off, but then also that batch of sort of new people not be very big because we're still new and da 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 da. People are checking it out, but last week. Uh, We had the meeting, which also was on Daylight Savings, which was terrible planning because people lost sleep, went home and took a nap and didn't come back. But last week, we had over 70 people show up to that meeting and over 30 people signed up to get involved and help here at Vertical Church. Somebody say amen. And what's awesome is, to me, it shows us that we're not backing down. We're staying forward. Like what God wants to do with this church and this message of perseverance is because God has an incredible, incredible plan for Zealand Holland, this Lakeshore area. And I'm so thankful, again, not for us or that you guys are being a people that are saying, hey, we're not going to choose convenience. We're going to make commitments and we're going to persevere and we're going to see God move in our community. Amen. Amen. So I just I just love that. Um, Philippians 4, 6. Philippians 4, 6 is another Thought I want to throw at you. Talking about perseverance. Love perseveres. It sticks with it. Philippians 4.6 says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. This is a New Living Translation, just in case it's a little different than yours. Um, the little numbers we put up there next to the thing, New Living Translation or NIV, there are different versions. Uh, I like to look at all different kinds. So, Philippians 4.6, Don't worry about anything. Instead... So that's an option there. It says instead. It understands that you have the option to worry. So it's saying don't worry about anything instead. So it understands that our human nature is to want to worry. But it says don't do the worry. It says instead pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. Which that part of it, like we miss by a mile. Uh, We miss that part by a mile. I'll tell you some of my best prayers. Or literally, I have nothing left to pray anymore, except just thank you, God. Thank you. I'm just so grateful for whatever you're doing that I can't even see. <laughs> At the end of the day, I can't see it. I can't figure it out. But you know what? I'm thankful. Because of everything we sang this morning, he loves us. And all of these things are in play every day. And if all I can pray is thank you for that, then that's enough. Somebody say amen. So it says, uh, and thank him for all that he's done. Just We're so thankful. Verse 7 says, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything you can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So check this out. Uh, and I've talked about this a little bit before. Uh, everybody hang with me. Uh, that doesn't bother me. Uh, I love hearing kids in here. One thing that we're really excited about here at this church <clears throat> is we have kids everywhere, just kids everywhere. Uh, I go up in the office <clears throat> on Monday and upstairs in the kids' classrooms. It still smells like kids' farts and Pop-Tarts. I just, like, I love kids' ministry up there taking place. So uh, so I love that. that. You know, you're not throwing me off. Uh, anyway, back to <laughs> this. Now let me say something intelligent. <laughs> anyway. If you want something all like wrote out and rigid, then that's probably not going to happen here. So uh, here's the deal. Okay, this is what I was going to say. This is the hardest part about the scripture. We all love to say like, oh, I just, just have that peace that passes understanding. Praise the Lord. But really to live in that scripture, that means this. That means that you have to be in a place in your life that you are so desperately trusting God that you have no idea how it's going to work out, you can't calculate or equate or try to figure out how it's going to work, that you say this, God, I'm trusting you that you're going to work it out. I don't understand it. So I'm giving up the right to understand this. And then God's peace comes. A peace that surpasses all understanding. So I don't understand it. God, I have no clue how this is going to work out. But I have peace that you got it, that you got it. Uh, In this church plant, I can't tell you how many times I said this. I'd be talking to mentors or we'd be talking about stuff. i said, say, I have no idea, but I just know that God's got it. (laughs) I said God's got it like a 100 million times this summer. God's got it. I don't know, but God's got it. And it's hard to give up the right to understand some things. So, oh, God, give us the peace that passes understanding. But you have to give up the right to understand some things that are going on in your life. God, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. But I understand that you love me and you're for me and you're with me. Amen? So that's a tough one. Um, we, were, uh, we were months away from starting this church. The way that it worked was um, they say our church planting organization says that you need about $100,000 to plant a church. So everything that you see here, all of our remodels that we did upstairs in Kids Men and Carpet and all that kind of stuff, um, it takes about $100,000 to plant a church, and they were dead on. And the way that it works is if you raise 50000 our church planting organization gives us $50,000. And so we were getting really close to the tail end. We were kind of kamikaze about this. Uh, they say you need about a year to 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 plan a church. And we didn't go public until the last Sunday of August. And our first Sunday was January the 12th. So we fast-forwarded that really major and uh, raised all our money. But we were late into, um, man, it was like October, maybe, maybe even November. And uh, we knew with the holidays coming, we would lose momentum with people and fundraising and stuff. And so... Um, January the 12th was the launch date, but you have to have everything purchased and in place and rehearsed and make sure it all works. And, and so we needed our money a lot sooner than that. And uh, we had been told about another church planting organization that will give you $30,000. I was like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. And we had people who came alongside us that wanted to do that. So we had other churches that were like, we're in with you. We believe in what you're doing. And uh, so what's great for us is that $30,000... We could match with the money we've already raised, and it would unlock that fifty thousand. Because that's how it worked: if you raise fifty, you unlock fifty. Oh, praise the Lord! It's going to be awesome. We already had the twenty some thousand. You know, we're going to hit the fifty. We're good to go. We can buy all our stuff. And then, uh, as we got into the fine lines about hooking up with the thirty thousand dollar organization, we realized that uh, they were going to sort of change our passion and our vision for how we wanted to run this church. Um, a little bit more structure, and uh, a little bit more kind of board-driven, and, and we have a board, and we have all that kind of stuff, but um, almost too much to the point that you couldn't operate that you wanted to. It would really slow things down, and so I literally remember having to make the phone call and say goodbye to $30,000 with just eight weeks left in the journey, and uh, I'm telling you, peace that passes understanding, God... I'm calling to get rid of 30,000. And the worst part about it was, remember, saying goodbye to that 30,000 actually lost us the other 50,000. So now we're weeks out. It's Christmas time. People are spending their money on things. And we're literally making this phone call saying, you know, we're not going to compromise what God called us to do. I don't understand how we're going to do it, God. But God's got it. And essentially, it's his problem. Amen. And so I couldn't calculate it. I had no idea how it was going to happen. And uh, we trusted God, and we moved forward, and we raised the money. It all came in last minute, and the holidays were actually our best months uh, as a church in fundraising. And so uh, at that time, I had to live in this place of, I need to go to sleep tonight. And the only way I'm going to do that is with a peace that passes understanding. Amen? So in persevering, sometimes it's, I can't figure it out or equate it or put everything in its place. But I trust God, and I trust that he can give me peace that passes my calculations and understanding. Amen? We have to persevere because there is an enemy out there that's trying to take you out. We all know the scripture that says uh, that we have an enemy. who there's a, Literally, the scripture says, seeking whom he may devour. Uh, just for the sake of all the scriptures I'm sharing, I didn't put it up there, but it says, it says, be sober-minded, be alert that we have an adversary roaming around like a lion, seeking whom he may devour. You're looking to be taking out. You're looking, uh, the enemy is looking to pull you off the path of perseverance. Why? Because if he can take you out, we're not as capable, amen? 85% of all pastors who go to Bible college to be a pastor never make it because the closer you press into the things of God, the more the enemy tries to take you out. Uh, but it's important for you to press in. That's God's call is more and more. The scripture says that my prayer is that you abound more and more. You grow more and more in God, even though the enemy may try to take you out. Um, Christians, uh, I love this thought. We can't be mediocre, Uh, and I love this translation. Check this out. This is a good one to write down. Um, To be mediocre, the translation of that is to be halfway up a stony mountain to be halfway up a stony mountain. so and, and stop, to stop halfway up a stony mountain is a translation of being mediocre. What does that mean? It means that you started on a journey. You started with a passion. You started with the course. You started to go, and then when it got rough, when it got stony, you what? You stopped, and you became mediocre. You became a person who, who settled uh, where you were. Revelations 3.16 kind of talks about this. This is sort of a harsh uh, harsh scripture, but I, I want to look at it from a different angle. Revelation 3.16 says, so then, you are, so then, because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor, nor cold, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Talking about, and I know that's a, a big, tough one there. Uh, we won't get into all the re- revelation right now. But you could say it like this. So then, because you're mediocre, because you're okay settling, because you're okay just being content and compromising and not persevering, so then, because uh, you're okay choosing convenience over being committed, uh, so then, I can't work with you. And I know I'm I'm kind of running with the scripture here a little bit, but the premise is the same. Uh, God says, I need you hot or cold. I need to know where you're at. You're in or you're out. I need to know where you stand. uh, Because to be able to do this thing, uh, you can't be in the middle. Amen? And it's the same thing in our walk with God and and, and in doing this thing. You can't be in the middle. You have to go forward. And it comes from being able to persevere and stand. Uh, The the best line about David, and there's a great teaching that I have about it, there's actually a book out there I encourage you to get. Uh, it's, called, uh, it's by Bill Johnson. It's called uh, Strengthening Yourself in the Lord. But he takes the, the story of David where he says um, that David, the scripture says that David strengthened himself in the Lord daily. And what's interesting about that is even though David was a musician and had musicians, it didn't say David called for the band. It didn't say that David called for the pastor to come encourage him. It didn't say he called for the elders. It said that he himself strengthened himself in the Lord. Why? Because to be great, to make it, to persevere, you have to have times in every day of your life where you're strengthening yourself in what God says about you, amen? That's why we come here on a Sunday and we worship and we sing songs and we, and, and we give God praise. Why? Because it strengthens ourselves in the Lord. You guys can uh, come play. I'll close with this. God is pulling for us. When we take the time to say, today I'm gonna strengthen myself in the Lord today I've hit the wall today. I'm struggling today. I don't have the energy. I, I literally prayed, prayed this summer. Um, I literally prayed and asked God cause just all the pressure of planting this church and all this kind of stuff. I literally, my prayer one day was this, God, can you just give me a break today? <laughs> not, not like a breakthrough. Like we get something like I don't want to fight today. Like I just, just give me a break. Can I have like one day off emotionally and spiritually? Like, can I just have a day off? Uh, why? Because, uh, it's exhausting, you know, to fight and persevere. And what's awesome about that is God did that. He met me there because the scripture says in Hebrews 12, 1, it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. So up in heaven, you have so many people cheering for you. So when you say, God, I need a breakthrough today. God, I need help. I need this. I need this. Scripture says that heaven is up there. A cloud of witnesses cheering you on. You have such a great cloud of witnesses. Let us throw off every thing that hinders and the sin that easily entangles us and let us run with what? Perseverance. Not only do you have God who's for you and a church that's for you and people that are for you, but you have heaven, people, all the great saints, everybody who's there, they're all up there pulling for you and cheering for you to do what? Run with perseverance. To continue on persevering because love perseveres. Love continues and goes and trusts God with what he's called us to do. There's a story, great story. John Stevens ran in the Olympics in October 20, 1968. And when he was running, he fell and he hurt his shoulder and dislocated his knee. And uh, of the 57 people who ran in that race, and you can look this all up, uh, of the 57 people that ran in that race, um, he was last. He finished last. And so TV had gone home, the crowd had emptied, but he continued to run injured. And uh, there was barely any people left in the stadium. And uh, when they finally finished, a few people gathered with him for his thoughts. And they, they asked him, you know, you knew you were in last place. You knew that it was over. You know, you knew you were injured and the safe thing would have been due, would to be to get out. And his response was, my country did not send me 5,000 miles to start a race. They sent me 5,000 miles to finish. Amen. God has sent you into environments and places and connecting with people, not to start, to finish something. And I know that there are seasons that doors close and we move on. But a lot of times we close doors because we're looking to, how, do I, how am I going to figure it out? I need to equate this on my own. Oh, I can't figure it out. I'm going to close the door. Or, you know, ah, this, you know, it's turbulence, it's not as easy as I thought it was. So I need to get out of here. And we always spiritualize it, you know. For my own safety, I need to, you know, it's it's better for me spiritually if I. Think how many times Jesus could have used that. Like yeah, I'm bleeding, sweating blood, it would be better for me as the Son of God if I just. But he persevered. Thank God he persevered. Amen. I love this thought. I threw it on my Facebook last night. It says the road to success, is dotted with many tempting parking places. Where God's calling you and what he's taking you into is a journey, and it's an obstacle. And any road trip you take has ups and downs and curves and hills and peaks and valleys, all that kind of stuff. And it, it's interesting that in our life, when we're pressing on, how sweet the enemy can make those tempting or those parking places stop or look. Oh, if I just put up over there, it's good enough. Look how far I've made it. But God hasn't called us to just be a people that are good enough. I don't think he sent his son and provided us with the Holy Spirit and all of the things that he did for us just so we could be good enough. God wants us to finish and last, amen? Hebrews twelve three says, consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So he's saying when you hit struggle, when you come against things and you don't know how you're gonna make it, and how you can persevere, it says, consider him, Jesus, who endured such opposition. And then it says that that way you don't grow weary. And what I love about this scripture is it said, consider him who endured. He endured it. It doesn't say consider him who encountered it. It says he endured it. We have to endure things. God knows we're going to encounter things that try to throw us off. But the call here is to endure it. Somebody say amen. Why don't you stand? I know I've spoken a lot of general terms, but you know what it means for you. Persevering with your family, persevering with your spouse, persevering with that coworker or that job or that thing. Uh, God's called you to finish and stick to it. And I know, honestly, there's times where you have to get out of the relationship or you have to get out of the thing. And Sometimes that actually even takes perseverance and trust. But I'm encouraging you this morning. Uh, you know what those things are, what your values are for your family, what your values are for your job and how you deal with money and how you view, all of those things God has called you to. Set them and persevere in them because God will honor it. Faithful and little will make you faithful in much. Amen. I want to pray for everybody in here that we can just walk in this, that we can run in this. Like it says, let's throw off the things that entangle us so that we can run with perseverance. So just grab this prayer in your heart. Uh, as we pray it. So God, we love you so much. Lord, I thank you for everyone in here. Lord, we know that you've made us able to run the race with perseverance. Lord, we know that you've called us to be finishers. And Lord, we know that you've made us people who don't have to settle for good enough. Lord, we have uh, you and a whole great cloud of witnesses cheering us on and there for us. Lord, give us the, the mindset like David that he knew every day. Uh, it was important for him to strengthen himself in the Lord so that he can persevere and run the race that you've called us to. God, when we, when we feel like getting weary and weak, uh, Lord, let us remember your son, Jesus, who, who endured. He didn't just encounter, but he endured all of the things of this world so that we might have freedom. God, I pray blessing on everyone in here, Lord, that you're strengthening him this morning to persevere, to press forward because love perseveres and love never fails. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't you all bow your heads again, close your eyes. If you're in here this morning and you've never decided to become a Christ follower, you've never prayed a prayer of salvation, what that means is today you wanna be a Christian. You say, you know what? I wanna be a Christ follower. I wanna jump in with what God is doing and uh, I wanna choose him today as my Lord and Savior. It's really simple. The scripture says that we just pray a prayer. Uh, The prayer is not, Shallow. The prayer is actually incredible because you're on your way to heaven when you pray a prayer of salvation. But the prayer is really simple and uh, we'll actually all repeat it together. But I want the opportunity to just connect uh, and see your hand. And so on the count of three, I'll have you raise your hand. If you you want to pray that prayer this morning, um, I want to see your hand. And so on the count of three, I'll have you raise it. But I want to let you know, we're not going to call you forward or embarrass you in any way, just right where you are. We'll pray this prayer. Uh, But if that's you in here on the count of three, you say, man, today I want to choose God. I want to. I want to follow Him. I want to pray that prayer of salvation. If that's you, on three, no one looking around, uh, just raise your hand. One, two, three. Anybody in here? Okay. Here's what we'll do. Okay. Yep, got that. Thank you. Anybody else? Right on. Here's what we'll do. If you're a little hesitant to raise your hand, we're actually all going to pray as a group, and. Um, Pray the prayer, and if you mean it in your heart, um, it works the same. The scripture says, all who call upon my name and confess me as Lord and Savior, they will be saved. And so we're all going to pray this together as a group, and uh, we're so excited about it for you. So let's all say this. Say, God, we love you. We thank you for your son, Jesus, who died and rose again and cleansed me of all my sins. I choose you today as my Lord and Savior.